1: Good afternoon. Happy President's Day weekend. Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Deborah Flora today on this Friday, the 17th of February. Good to be with you. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger show every Saturday morning from six to nine right here on News Talk 710 KNUS. And it's good to be here for a bit before tomorrow's show. Of course, Before the end of the program, I'll tee up what I've got cooking tomorrow from 6 to 9. Again, that's the time frame for the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. But we've got lots to discuss this hour, and I want you to join the conversation at 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. You can also reach me on social media. A couple of ways to do that. One on Twitter. I am at Sang Center. That's Sang with an E, not an A center on Twitter. Go give me a follow, retweets, DM me, whatever you want to do there. Just be nice. That's all I ask. And of course, I've got a Facebook page as well. Facebook.com slash Jimmy Sangenberger Pro or search Jimmy Sangenberger Media Personality on Facebook and couple of ways to email yours truly if you go to my shows page the Jimmy Sangenberger show at 710knus.com you can shoot me an email from there and there's also my website jimmysangenberger.com. keep in mind there's no ai or u in sangenberger it's all e's all the time once you know that sangenberger is easy. and again our telephone number 303 303- Six nine six nineteen seventy one. Got a few things we're going to talk about today, including we'll probably get a little bit to just the botched way in which Pete Buttigieg handles everything as transportation secretary. Uh, look, rail
0: safety is something that uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this. Uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention. There are roughly one thousand cases a year of a train derailment. Don't
1: worry about the train derailment and hazmat crisis in Ohio, because well, we've got a lot of train derailments that happen during the year. It just the, the the failure of Buttigieg time after time after time on issue after issue that comes up. You think about all the airline stuff. He's just so bad at this job. He's just bad. So we'll talk a little bit about Pete Buttigieg. Uh, Don Lemon had to apologize at an all-hands meeting at CNN for comments he made that weren't so kind to women, something that, by the way, is a little bit of a trend. You may have heard some of this.
0: Elder statesman here.
2: This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley is not in her prime. Sorry, when a woman is considered to be in her prime in her twenties and thirties and maybe forties. What are you that's not you aco- Wait, I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? I, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll if you look, if you Google just when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, mm-hmm. thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. So
3: oh, I got I'm not saying I agree
2: with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. In need, the need to qualify.
3: To are you talking about
0: prime for, I mean, like, or are you, just, are you talking about the prime I'm just for being president? the what the
2: facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When He's a just woman the in her messenger. his 20s, 30s, and 40s. He's
1: I'm- not insulting anybody with his sexist comment about women in their prime. Not at all. He's just the messenger. Well, he apologized today at a CNN meeting. And we'll talk about later how well that reportedly went over. I think it went over sort of like a Chinese spy balloon once it crosses the Atlantic Ocean, finally reaches the Atlantic Ocean. Not so well. But first, last night was a debate of 13 of the 17 candidates for mayor of Denver. 13 because it was only those who are participating in the taxpayer-financed Fair Elections Fund. Which, by the way, I wrote about this and the requirement for only candidates who are participating in the Fair Elections Fund to be in this 9 News debate, which meant it excluded, for example, Andy Rougeau, Republican candidate for mayor, and three other candidates. Candidates for mayor, and I wrote about how bad that is. Not just as a, a mistake to not allow, say, Rougeau as a prominent candidate running for mayor, the second biggest fundraiser in the race for being on the stage, but because of the implications of only letting the candidates who are being financed in large part by taxpayer dollars be on the stage. I wrote about that for Colorado Politics. On Wednesday, in a piece entitled Denver Fair Elections Fund, Mayoral Debate Unfair. But I digress. I don't want to get onto that line of thinking. Instead, there's one question that came up in the nine news debate last night that I really want to zero in on because it implicates a certain member of the Denver Public Schools Board of Education. The Denver School Board ultimately makes the
0: final decision about how to handle school safety. But please raise your hand if you think that DPS should bring back Denver police officers as school resource officers. Kwame Spearman, Chris Hansen, Mike Johnston, Trinidad Rodriguez, Debbie Ortega, Kelly Brough. I think schools should have the choice. Schools should have the choice. Individual schools? Individual schools. Individual schools. And same from Kelly Brough on that. Individual schools decide if they want DPD as, uh, as their
1: SROs. That was, first of all, that was Mike Johnston who said he thinks schools should individually get to decide. But that was fewer than half of the candidates in the debate who said yes. Six of the 13 candidates said yes. Now, somebody named Tay Anderson, or he... Also likes to go by A.N.T. Anderson. Wasn't too happy about that. He tweeted out a photo, screenshot of the candidates raising their hands or not raising their hands in response to that question. And he said disappointed in these candidates that believe the Denver school board should vote to reinstate Denver police as S.R.O. school resource officers. Now, in 2020, you'll recall, the Denver School Board, in a vote that was championed and led by Jay Anderson, now the vice president of the school board, voted unanimously to remove SROs from schools. That would be on site police officers. And now, three years later almost from that vote, how are things looking? In Denver schools. Well, let's go to last week. This is from CBS4. As the school day came to an end Monday, Denver East High School students were released to the sound of gunshots instead of school bells. Those living nearby only learned the shooting after seeing yellow crime scene tape stretched across neighboring City Park. It's horrible it's so close, one neighbor said. A 16-year-old student in his car who appeared to be leaving campus was shot at just before 3 p.m. Denver Police Division Chief Joe Montoya said, It appears that they shot from a car into a car, and we don't know what led to that. There's no indication there was any altercation between the two cars previous to the shooting. Now, roughly 20 minutes later, a few miles away, A second believed to be unrelated shooting occurred. It happened just outside Denver's Emily Griffith campus. So basically right outside DPS headquarters. That's where it's located. One adult and another juvenile were hit by gunfire. Montoya added, quote, juvenile crime right now is very high and it's disturbing for everybody. We really need the community and everybody to come together on this and find a way to disengage these youth from these violent tendencies. Now, those were two incidents that happened outside of two DPS schools involving students and serious, at a minimum, serious injuries. The article doesn't say the condition of the teenage boy who was shot on Monday outside East High School. But here's the thing more and more instances of violent crime and gun violence on and around DPS campuses, particularly high school campuses, they're expanding with guns showing up on campus more and more. Now, this is commensurate with a rise in gang activity. And what happens when you go to school and maybe there is a peer you know who might be packing, who might be part of a gang and could be intimidating you, and you say don't have any law enforcement there, to address it, or to determine some sort of remedy to the situation, or maybe to just be a deterrent, a deterrent from students showing up to campus or by nearby campus with guns or shooting, that kind of thing. I'm hearing from sources about oftentimes these guns that are used by or held in the possession of students are stolen guns. This is not the same thing as when they talk a big game about gun control issues. This is different. This is gang violence. This is often stolen guns. And this is a situation that has only gotten worse and worse and worse to national highs compared to other other cities around the country when it comes to gun use, gun possession, gun violence, gang violence and crime among students and on school campuses. It is bad. And the more I talk to folks who are plugged in, the worse I realize it really is. Enter Tay Anderson, Denver Public Schools Board Vice President. Now, you might think that he could be open to changing his mind, maybe, right? He was very strong on removing SROs a few years ago, but now we've got a crisis situation when it comes to school safety, and the violence and the gang stuff that's going on, the gun use, et cetera, on high school campuses, you might think he would be inclined to change his mind. Well, DPS did reach some kind of a memorandum of understanding, which he takes credit for. A memorandum of understanding with the mayor of Denver and the chief of of police, so that, for example, you could temporarily have A police officer stationed at East High School. But what are we looking at with the long term here? Well, Anderson, big celebration. He's running for re-election. And tomorrow is his great kickoff. He's running for re-election. And tomorrow is the great celebration, the official campaign kickoff for Tay Anderson. He put out an email yesterday. It's a long one. It's not very substantive in terms of what to do about the problem. But he put out via his campaign an email where he talked about the following. While there have been concerns about the safety and well-being of students, it's important to acknowledge the negative impacts that SROs can have on students, particularly students of color. It's important to note that even if there had been an SRO present on campus, they would not have been able to prevent the drive-by shooting that occurred on the streets, city streets outside of the school. Let's be clear on something. The idea of having an SRO on campus, especially when we have the rise in violent crime, is not in and of itself the prevention mechanism. It is a deterrent. Because if you see an armed officer, you will be less likely to engage in a violent crime, especially gun crimes. He says, this highlights the fact that SROs are not a panacea for preventing violence in our schools. Well, duh. There is not a single person who says that any one thing is going to be a panacea when it comes to school safety, when it comes to crime and violent crime. A panacea? How about part of the solution that you, Tay Anderson, and the school board in 2020 ripped away from high schools and high school students and parents who are increasingly clamoring for the restoration of those SROs. He goes on to talk about a bunch of uh, purported research on why school resource officers are bad. And look, they're not perfect. And I I will agree that there is data out there that shows and supports the claim that students of color can be uncomfortable or feel uncomfortable with law enforcement present at times. That is a reality and a fact of life. But what that means to me is you make adjustments to the policies, to how you approach how school resource officers are addressed Addressing situations in schools and how they approach things. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You recognize some of the realities and you work within what is necessary to protect students' lives and well-being. While also acknowledging some of the drawbacks that could come into place. He talks about in this email. How I lobbied the mayor of Denver and the chief of police to establish a memorandum of understanding with the Denver public schools to ensure that we have clear expectations on how our school district and city should work together. So let's be clear. Why not get school resource officers back in school and sign a gaston S.R.O. M.O.U. So you understand what the terms are and some of the things that might need to be addressed. In, in this long screed, he talks about there have been numerous instances where SROs have used excessive force against students of color. And then he cites an example from 2015. Guys, I don't know if you could do the math, but that's like eight years ago in South Carolina. And then he talks about an Urban Institute study on the impact of the, the likelihood of a school shooting occurring if SROs were there and saying it's not effective, and goes on to talk about instances of school shootings in Parkland and Uvalde where SROs were present and failed to intervene, which, by the way, that doesn't mean that they should have failed to intervene. They should have. But we're not talking about mass shootings necessarily in the SRO discussion. Is that one thing that could be a deterrent? Yes. Would that be helpful? Yes. But we are talking about all sorts of violence and gun issues and gun violence going on, not just mass shootings that Tay is talking about. And he goes on, we got to take a break. There's a little more to share. But here's my question for you, 303-696-1971. What do you make of, and we'll get to, to more here, of the insistence on Tay Anderson's part of keeping school resource officers out of high schools amidst this crime spree and the violence and the mayhem going on in schools and DPS. And is there any kind of pressure that could be brought to bear to get the feckless cacistocracy known as the Denver Public Schools Board of Education to do their damn jobs and protect kids? Or is he right? Maybe you think he's right and we shouldn't have SROs in schools, in which case I absolutely want you to call in. I want to understand your thinking of why we should keep police out of all the schools in Denver, public schools that are high schools amidst what we are seeing right now. 303-696-1971. There's also a hypocrisy piece to this, which we will get to on the other side. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Deborah Flora. Keep it right here. Got lots more coming up. A news talk, 710 KNUS. Sadly, listening to this tune by a blues man by the name of Walter Trout and Eric Gales, both incredible guitarists, by the way. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. Listening to this tune, I was thinking, are they singing about Denver public schools and students? near campus getting shot down or shot in their car. And meanwhile, they don't have police on site known as school resource officers because the school board voted them out in 2020 and somebody named Tay Anderson, vice president on the school board, just won't let it go. And make a big stink, say, if his colleagues were to have the guts to defy him and to vote to put into place the school resource officers. You know, one thing in this screed called an email that he put out yesterday that I noted. That I read. It was on removing SROs from schools, a step towards justice and safety for students of color. He pointed out the removal of SROs from Denver schools has resulted in an 81% decline in ticketing and citations among students. Well, no crap, Colombo. That 81% drop is going to happen when you don't have police available to be called for something, especially serious things. When you talk to law enforcement experts and so forth, they will tell you about how pivotal having on-site school resource officers, especially in the inner city, is to understanding the happenings in schools when it comes to gangs, when it comes to gathering intelligence and seeing relationships. This isn't your father's gang arrangement anymore. Now in Denver, you have gangs that are all across the city. It's not just territorial. So you need to get as much intel as you can, especially when you have high school students who are increasingly involved in gang activity. Anti-gang programs have been failing in Denver. And they are only going to fail more and more without having the resources, the benefits, the protection, the intel that comes from having school resource officers on campus, who, by the way, are chosen, selected by individual schools. And if I recall correctly, they were almost all, back when DPS had SROs in high schools, they were almost all officers of color. Now, Anderson goes on in this piece, and he says, While some argue that SROs are necessary to maintain safety in schools, the evidence suggests that they may be doing more harm than good. At the same time, it is crucial to promote policies and practices that prioritize the safety and well-being of all students while also addressing the underlying issues of systemic racism and police brutality. As I read this, there's no actual solutions or constructive alternatives that Tay Anderson offers. Now, he does say this, though. Very nice of him to add this caveat. Quote, I also want to address a common misconception that all cops are bad. This is not true. And there are many police officers who are dedicated to serving and protecting their communities. In fact, I believe that it is important to work with law enforcement to ensure that our schools and communities are safe. Mm. Addressing the misconception that all cops are bad. Do you remember this from last year? Hi, I'm Ox again Denver Police. It's you for speeding, 35 and a 25. Can I see your license and registration, please? Permission to pull down my pocket? Yeah, I've, I've asked you for certain documents. I expect you to reach around to get them. Right, I just don't want to get shot by
3: you. Well, that's a myth. Um, I don't believe that's a myth.
2: I have to reach into my pocket grab my registration. Permission to grab it.
0: All right. I've already told you. That I expect you to be
3: reaching around for things You don't have to ask me for permission I, I, okay. have, I have trauma yeah. with you also, Retrieve the documents I've I'm asked just for sure that, I get...
1: that is the attitude That is the mindset of Tay Anderson I want to address a common misconception That all cops are bad One that he frequently perpetuates himself Personally Now here are the good cops In Tay Anderson's mind The ones that he's able to call up to do his bidding. He was able, during the summer of hell, Stefan's coming up at four, so I might as well say it, his term, the summer of hell, 2020, where he would lead in the protests and all this, and was anti-police, this and that. Meanwhile, he was exchanging texts with Chief of Police Paul Pazin. For example, June 1st, 2020, quote, Hey, sorry to bother, I just found out Found this on Google about searches on me. Should I be concerned? And Pazin says, we'll look into it right away. When he was pulled over in that speeding ticket that he got back in September of last year, he exercised his police privilege by reaching out and getting a phone call from interim chief of police, Thomas so that he could cry foul about the racist treatment that he was given by the very polite officer, Dan, who you just heard right there. Tay Anderson shows up at schools with body armor and school board meetings with body armor. He has security when he goes to parades like the Marade every year. And police are with him, etc. So Tay Anderson gets to benefit from law enforcement support. But not the vulnerable kids of Denver whom he is charged with protecting, keeping safe. All because he has an extremist agenda. And his entire... I don't know what you want to call it. Persona? is based on bashing cops while also exercising his police privilege whenever he needs to. Now he says in this screed, all cops in Denver should be trained on how to effectively engage with students in a way that is respectful, culturally responsive and focused on de-escalation. Absolutely. Nobody disagrees with that. And you know what? That could be part of the memorandum of understanding that DPS signs with DPD. We want to make sure you are addressing some of the culturally responsive things we view as important. And then he puts it on the city. It's important to note that while the Denver School Board is committed to promoting the safety and well-being of all students, the burden of keeping students safe cannot solely rest on the school board's shoulders. Let's first of all just be very clear that the school board in Denver is not doing a damn thing to protect the safety of kids. In fact, they are undermining it by not having the vote that Tate does not want them to have to restore school resource officers to high schools. Number one. Number two, the city can do things and should do things. So should the state. But they're unwilling to because they reflect the same ideology, or many in those positions of power do, I should be clear, reflect the same ideology that Tay Anderson has regarding law enforcement. Is he really going to be okay with giving law enforcement the tools so that they can do the job even out of DPS? I highly doubt that. He says at the end of this really quite substan- substance less bla- email blast, in conclusion, while the Denver School Board has made the decision to remove SROs from our schools, which by the way, he is doubling down on, let's be clear, it is essential for the current and future city council and mayor to step up and address the broader issues of violence in our community. Will you support them doing that? By the way, Day Anderson, by working collaboratively, we can create safe and supportive learning environments for all students while also addressing the underlying issues of systemic racism and police brutality. That's really what it's about, isn't it? It's not about safety. It's about this myth of constant, incessant racism and brutality of police. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But the perception that he puts out, as we heard in the body cam footage, is as though that is the norm and that's the real problem. Final sentence, together, we can create a safe and supportive learning environment for all students. Only if Tay Anderson gets the hell out of the school board next year, or next, uh, this coming fall. He's up on the ballot in November. And this is ludicrous. Doubling down in this way? Nonsense. Nonsense. And even worse, only six of the 13 candidates who participated in last night's debate raised their hand, yes, when asked about SROs in schools. One of Tay Anderson's mentors, Leslie Harrod, certainly was not among those who raised their hands. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for... Debra Flora on this Friday afternoon. What are your thoughts? Feel free to give us a call 303-696-1971. You could text in to the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. When we come back, we can continue the conversation on Tay Anderson and SROs in DPS schools. I'm also going to get into in our final segment, a little bit of Don Lemon under fire over at CNN. Keep it right here. Jimmy in for Debra. I'm off again, Denver Police. i spoke for speeding, 35 and a 25. Can I you see your license and registration, please? Permission to pull it out of my pocket? Yeah, I've, I've asked you for certain documents. I expect you to reach around to get them. I just don't want to get shot by you. It's,
2: it's been, been 10 months since be she's been held in captivity. 8.30 um, this morning. I expected to speak at the White House at any uh, moment now. And one he was brief. Stand by one second. He was breathing. Did you want to wait
3: um, no, I think we should bring in Jonathan Franks.
2: This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that, I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's, talk- not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. Say, if you look, if you Google, when is a woman in her prime? It'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. you lose your train of thought. I do it all the time. I, I, I did. But... <laughs> is it fair to say this? Because I'm not a mommy, but is it mommy brain? Is it you? you know, no, John. Don, I,
3: I, I just I what I I gonna
0: forget. Gonna I, forget I
2: forget what I'm talking about all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that we're here.
0: Caitlin, that was a, okay. a great interview. All right, moving on.
2: Um, anyway, well, now moving on because that's listen. That's a big issue when it comes to the American... Hold on, please, with the music.
1: Hold on, please, with the music. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora this afternoon. News Talk 710 KNUS. How was that Don Lemon montage? I mean, this guy just constantly says sexist thing after sexist thing, misogynistic thing after misogynistic thing. And he was in hot water today at a CNN meeting where a CNN insider told Fox News that that he is a effing a-hole. And supposedly he said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to hurt anyone. I did not mean to offend anyone. What I said came out wrong, and I wish I hadn't said it. I believe women of any age could do anything they set their minds to. The people I am closest to in this organization are women. When I make a mistake, I own it, and I own this one as well. I understand why you are upset and disappointed. I was trying to make the point that no one's age should define their ambition or potential for success, and I was saying those comments to Nikki Haley. Now, this is just the most recent instance. In a long train of sexism, from Don Lemon, including going after his own colleagues, which you heard some of that in this clip. So this is him talking about Nikki Haley not being in her prime this week.
0: Elder statesman here.
2: This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s. And Maybe 40s. What do you call talk- acor- Wait, I, That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you look, if you Google look it up, when a woman in her prime, it'll say mm-hmm. 20s, 30s and 40s. I don't
3: necessarily
2: agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, you know, politicians aren't in their <laughs> prime. You need to qualify. To are
0: you talking about prime for like child are yeah, caring, just, or are you talking don't shoot about prime, just being president. What the
1: facts are. Google it? Everybody at home. Just Google it. Don't shoot the messenger. Just Google it. Now then, he interrupts Caitlin Collins, one of his colleagues, I think she.
2: That, that, that they're standing by for the 10, president of the United States. It's, it's been 10 months since she's been held in captivity. 8.30 um, this morning. I expected to speak at the White House at any uh, moment now. And one he was brief. Stand by one second. He was brief. Um,
3: no, I think we should bring in Jonathan Franks. And one
1: other sexist interlude. This is when Caitlin Collins at CNN had just finished up an interview with Republican Congressman James Comer and there was this exchange between Don Lamont and Poppy Harlow, co-host. All right,
2: thank you. That's going to be that's the time that we're in, where facts are sort of flexible. That's why just, we
3: got Caitlin Collins just on the
2: things hill. Out fact there, fact-checking
0: in real time. It it's was a great interview. Citing
2: incredible sources, like citing the New York Post as a credible source, and saying that facts are. It's just, I can't believe that we're here.
0: Caitlin, that was a, okay. a great interview. All right, moving on
2: um anyway well now moving on because that's listen just that's a big issue when it comes to the American hold on please with hold the
1: on music. please with the music okay and in a meeting after that previous clip we played about the interrupting situation uh Don Lemon screamed at Caitlin Collins who was visibly upset and ran out of the studio what a what a pleasant guy Don Lemon is 303-696-1971. I think Bob in Denver wants to talk a bit about this screed this blast email large that Tay Anderson had written about oh school resource officers doubling down on why they shouldn't be in schools. Bob, you're on with Jimmy in for Deborah. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. I listen to you every day.
1: I appreciate as you listening well as, to
3: us. As well as the weekend. Thank you. Uh, That email was disgusting. Yes. Why shouldn't the schools have the resource officers? They seem to do good. The kids seem to like them. And if Mr. Anderson does not like them, perhaps he should go and live in Russia or (laughs) China or one of those other disgusting places
1: that he seems to be purporting so uh, a couple of things one he would claim racism he would claim police brutality he puts all this stuff that he just bashes on for the sros that's why he doesn't want them it is it is to his political advantage for him not to have the police in schools bob let's just be real about it that's what it is it's politics well
3: I suppose so, but I can tell you, I would never vote for that man, ever.
1: Good. Well, he's going to be on the ballot this November, and you need to tell everybody else who's in Denver who votes not to vote for his reelection for the school board, Bob, because tomorrow he's got his kickoff.
3: Well, as far as your comment about him being an a hole, I agree entirely. And so do all of the people, Mm. my neighbors. I live in the Capitol Hill, Seventh Avenue Historic District. Mm -hmm. Nobody here is poor and nobody is going to vote for him.
1: Well, uh, I would certainly say that's a good thing. Don Lemon was actually the one who was referred to as an a-hole by somebody who was a CNN insider. But, you know, that. Description does fit Tay Anderson quite well, I would think uh, Let's be honest about that Bob, I appreciate the call Thank you, as we are at a time text coming in Tay doesn't want them Because he's afraid of getting speeding tickets In front of the school Hi, I'm off again, Denver Police Thank well. you for speeding, <laughs> 35 and a 25 Can I see your license and <laughs> registration, please? Permission to pull down my pocket? Yeah, I've, I've asked you for certain documents I expect you to reach around to get them I right, just don't want to get shot by you Well, that's a myth. Yeah, you know, that sounds about right. Hey, tomorrow, the Jimmy Sangenberger show, you do not want to miss it, 6 to 9. I've got an exclusive preview of something I'm going to be exposing in Sunday's column for the Denver Gazette. A union meeting I've exclusively got the recording of. You don't want to miss it, the 8 o'clock hour. I'll talk about that and play some clips. And... We've got Eric Odland, candidate for state party chair for the GOP, coming on the show as well. Lots happening tomorrow, 6 to 9. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. Have a great weekend. 7 Tech God bless America. Never surrender.